Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to uh, the Housing Matters Podcast. Your favorite data nerds are back with everything you need to know about the housing market and the economy. Uh, my name is Jordan Levine, and I'm the Deputy Chief Economist, and this is Oscar Way. Hi, everyone. I can't believe we're doing a live Housing Matters podcast. That's right. So we're changing it up. Normally, we get to do this from the safety of our underground bunker uh, back at CAR. But today, we get to do this live with you guys, and this will actually be available uh, on our website after the fact. But we're excited today to do two things. Number one is to tell you a little bit about what we see happening in the housing market in general. We just released our numbers for August, and then also walk you through our new annual housing market survey numbers that deal a little bit with both buyers and sellers. And so we want to tell you about some of those consumer trends in addition to kind of what's happening in um, the broader market. So I think just to start out, maybe give them some context. Uh, tell us what happened with the August housing market numbers. Sure. Now we have, we release our August data and uh, what, a week ago? We typically release on a monthly basis. Last week we had a webinar as well as some uh, sales number. The August sales number suggests that we actually are doing a little bit better compared to a month, two months ago. It's actually up 1.6% on a year-over-year basis. Now, many of you have been paying attention to the market for the first six, first half of the year. That's actually have been kind of lackluster, right? Yeah, I think that's an understatement. Yeah, and so we, we seem to be doing a little bit better, partly because of mortgage rates. Mortgage rates, I believe it's has gone down to maybe about 3.7 right now. Yeah, it was actually a little bit below. We were down at about 3.5% a couple of weeks ago. It has crept up a little bit, um, but given how unaffordable California's housing market is, those lower rates really do give the market that kind of... Uh, kick in the pants that it needs to help those folks get over the hump in terms of being able to afford uh, those monthly payments. And it actually looks like things are going to continue to do okay. So we're not forecasting a big resurgence in home sales, but it does look like some of this momentum uh, is going to be sustained because we saw pending sales go up, right? Absolutely. For the first, uh, for the six, uh, next six months or so, or next few months or so, we are going to get a little bit better. We predicted that that this year probably will still be a negative compared to last year, but it's going to get better. And you're right, pending sales continue to improve. So September, we may see another increase. Now, on the other hand, prices yeah. prices seem to be pretty high, though. Um, I don't know. You guys, I, I'm sure you guys have been paying attention to it, but we just break another record high. Yeah, and this is unusual. It's- uh, in August, we actually hit a, a level of 617000 as the statewide median price. That's the highest it's ever been. And one of the interesting things, I think, is, is that how it, this is kind of an unseasonal uh, increase, right? Normally, we set peak price sometime during the summer, June, July, um, not really August. And so the fact that we continue to grow even through the fall, I think, is just indicative of the fact that we have still this kind of imbalance between supply and demand out there um, that together with these lower rates are really um, spurring not only a little bit more home sales, but also really jacking up the prices. Yeah, I mean, it has a lot of effect, which we're going to talk about, you know, about home prices. But part of the reason, of course, is because of supply, um, low interest rate, push up uh, home prices as well. And uh, the market even though it's not as competitive as before, it's still kind of competitive. We're looking at you know days on market at around 23 days. Right. So. That's pretty unbelievable. Yes, a year ago or so, we were down at 13 days was the typical time uh, it took a home to sell. 
but 23 days is still a very, very quick timing for being able to put your home on the market, your client's listing up, uh, and expect it to sell in just over three weeks, I think is still, uh, from a historical standpoint, a very tight market. Absolutely. And now, all those that we talked about, you know, there's, these are market conditions. We expect the market condition to probably stay around the same a little bit better. Now, we're looking at it from the, uh, the industry point of view. Right. But what about buyers and sellers? Yeah, so I think that that's really where the rubber meets the road on this stuff. The one thing we haven't mentioned up to this point is that the economy is still in good shape, right? So not only do we have those low interest rates, but unemployment is close to a 50-year low, if not more uh, than 50 years. But at the same time, first-time buyers are, are actually up against it, and we see that borne out in our, in our survey statistics, right? Because the percentage of folks who were actually first-time buyers in the market last year actually went down. And so even with these good economic conditions, low interest rates, and actually the fact that uh, people are still very uh, interested in home ownership, right? Folks still really aspire to become homeowners, even with all those kind of tailwinds, um, we actually saw the percentage of first-time buyers drop there. Yeah, to give you some perspective as far as uh, and then reference, now normally in the long run we have about 37% of buyers being first time buyers. This year it dropped down to 32%. And not a significant drop, but it did drop from last year and it, did, uh, it is below the long run average. Um, and I think when you, when you kind of interpret that through the lens of home ownership, in addition to just our own individual businesses, right, of course we want more first-time buyers, we want home ownership to rise because that's good for us as realtors, obviously, uh, but this is, is something that's actually affecting our broader economy as well. And so, you know, when you, when you look at it from the context of home ownership, which has failed to rebound despite all these good economic conditions, the fact that the, the number of first-time home buyers is actually dropping really kind of suggests that, that we're not going to turn that around, at least over the short run. And there are a couple of things that, um, that could affect the uh, first-time buyer's share. Now, I know uh, all along we have been talking about the sales demand for first-time buyers, but what we kind of neglected or maybe not have mentioned is the repeat buyers. Now, home prices increase might not have affected repeat buyers that much. Right. Because at the same time, when they are buying a house, repeat buyers are selling as well. So they're capturing some of the uh, profit, which we'll show a little later. Yeah. So they're, they're not hurting as much as far as housing affordability. Don't take me wrong. It's still you know, tough as far as housing for affordability is concerned, but it's not as much. Now let's take a look at the characteristics of some of the homes that first-time buyers and repeat buyers uh, buy, and we can get a sense. Yeah, definitely. So um, you can see that obviously the, the affordability issue for the first time buyers is alive and well. They're buying at lower price points, obviously. Uh, they tend to have bigger uh, loans and you see actually a little bit more going for, for condos, right? Which tend to be a little bit more uh, affordable versus those repeat buyers are obviously have some equity built up, are looking to potentially upsize. Maybe they've had a life change, like they got married, had some kids. Uh, and so you see them not only buying uh, more kind of uh, expensive homes and, and a little bit bigger homes, um, you see fewer actually consuming condos. And you're right about expensive homes. You know, if we just hone in on first-time buyers, I'm going to take a look at the slide next, the next slide to show you what 2018 looks like. Look at first-time buyers. 2018, first-time buyers' uh, median price was below 500000 Let's go back to 2019. What happened? It jumped to... 516,500. Yeah. That's, I did a quick calculation. Trust me, I didn't do it in my, in my mind, but I did a quick calculation. It's about 9% increase. Right. 
And so, you know, unfortunately, when you look at where uh, wages and incomes are going, and I know, you know, most realtors are working on commission splits and things like that, but um, take it from me as a wage and salary employee, um, that incomes are not rising, unfortunately, by that same case as home prices, which ultimately means that from the standpoint of affordability, um, that things are actually deteriorating. So as hard as it was for first-time buyers uh, last year and into this year, I think the, the way that the trends are going suggests that that's going to continue to be uh, an even bigger challenge. Now, one saving grace right now is obviously uh, interest rates, which has helped out and offset some of these price increases that we've seen over the last couple of years. But um, at the end of the day, the, the buyers are really struggling. And I think it's, you know, affordability is a, a huge piece of that puzzle. And again, I mentioned all-time high uh, home prices, right? And that just on its face is, is pretty tough. And there's a bunch of other factors, I think, that are going to depress demand on the buy side a little bit more. We haven't mentioned much about tax reform. That's probably right. a whole um, you know, podcast in and of itself. But I think the moral of the story there is that uh, in some ways we've, we've really undermined the incentive for folks to become first-time home buyers by doubling that standard deduction. So now whether you rent or own, you can deduct $24,000 uh, off your taxes, and so unless you're a first-time buyer buying in that kind of uh, you know six hundred and seventy-five to seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar price range, which some first-time buyers are, uh, but most are not, uh, then they don't really have that tax advantage that comes along with home ownership that we've traditionally enjoyed. Yeah, I mean we can go on and on and talk about tax reform, but that's another session. Now the other, some of the other aspects that we want to take a look at is the, um, the financial characteristics. We look at the home prices, we don't look at the uh, housing characteristics, but we want to look at the financial characteristics to see if they actually match what people are buying, what first-time buyers are buying. If you take a look at the first-time buyers and compare that to repeat buyers, you see a significant difference in terms of household income. Definitely. Uh, it's, it's like, what, 60% or 40% below uh, repeat buyers, and yet they're actually buying you're paying the same amount of mortgage payment. Right. And the reason behind it is because of down payment. Yeah, so so when you look at those first-time buyers, they've actually been getting into the market with about 35000 and some change uh, down versus the 138000 that you see repeat buyers, which includes, obviously, some of that equity that they've accumulated by virtue of being homeowners the first time around. Uh, what I do think is, is interesting is, is just how much the first-time home buyers are actually making now, right? So if you look at that typical first-time home buyer, they're now in that kind of ninety dollars to $100,000 income category. And I think this, again, speaks to some of the challenges that we're seeing in the market overall, um, where you know the, the average household in California is making somewhere on the order of about sixty to $70,000 uh, a year. So, so in other words, that typical family, that typical household out there cannot afford actually uh, to become homeowners. And I think that's what we're seeing in some of these demand side weaknesses that we're talking about today. And that's what we reiterate all the time about well, low rates should really boost the, uh, the, the housing market. Right. But we're not seeing sales continue to go up. And the reason why is, you know, when people can have to pay, what, 50000 60000 80000 down payment, yeah. that's a lot of money to save up. I think you did a, some research before. It takes about, what, 17 years to save up enough down payment? Yeah, so if you take the typical family at typical savings rates, 
uh, and they put their money in something like a 10-year bond or something like that, it would take them more than 17 years, actually, um, before they saved up that 20% median down payment, which is why you see so many putting down um, 10% or lower even uh, just to be able to, to get into the market. Also, why I think, you know, first time or these low rates aren't really spurring as many first-time buyers. I think they're already strapped. Uh, to be able to accumulate that $35,500 in savings. And yes, these lower rates might have you know, erased $100 or $200 off of their monthly mortgage payment. The fact of the matter is they, they can't afford to even get their, their foot in the door, even though the payment's a little bit cheaper than it was at the same time last year. Now, there are other options. You know, let's say if you don't have enough down payment, let's say I don't have 50000 or uh, 60000 Right. What are some of the options? And we are seeing some of the options. Some of them may be risky options, though. <laughs> if you take a look at the slide up there, um, take a look at how, ma how many uh, first-time buyers actually put down zero down payment this year. I have to caution you that last year, it was only about 9%. Yeah, single digits. And so, um, you know, as affordability gets out of reach, then people start to look towards more and more uh, exotic mortgage products because, again, the, the, the aspiration towards home ownership is still uh, alive and well. They see the prices that have pretty much been on a continuous uptick over the past 10 years uh, and the wealth and things that go along with that, that they're some, uh, sometimes now looking to uh, take on bigger and bigger burdens just in order right. to achieve that dream of home ownership. It's either that or, or kind of you know, put home ownership off the table. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, well, the 4% interest rate is really, really attractive. Yeah. That's why people want to take some risk. So hopefully this is not a trend. We don't know. This is just one year survey. We'll find out a little bit more. Now, I do want to point out, I don't have the statistics here, but I do want to point out that on the other hand, there are people who are actually paying more a 20% down payment. So this, again, suggests that the market is a little confused. Buyers are a little confused. We are a little confused. Right. And I think what you're seeing is really a tale of two markets, right? For folks who've already got their foot on the property ladder back in 2009, 10, something like that, we've seen dramatic increases in home prices, lots of home equity being accumulated so that, you know, for those repeat buyers coming up with 20% down on their next house maybe isn't as challenging because they've had so much appreciation in their, in their current home versus, you know, at the other end of the spectrum, you have folks who are really just relying on their incomes, which aren't keeping up with their rents and not leaving enough uh, every month left over in terms of saving for those down payments. And so you, you're really seeing two different uh, things playing out depending on which segment of the market you're looking at. Yeah, and, and we always talk about, let's switch gear a little bit, we always talk about you know how tough it is for first-time buyers, housing affordability-wise, but also at the same time we want to emphasize the fact that it's very competitive in the first-time buyers market. Yeah. More competitive than the uh, repeat buyers. And a, a part of it is because they are focusing or buying in the lower price segments, right? Right. You can only buy uh, what you can afford, and unfortunately, those are the most inventory-constrained segments uh, of the market. You know, if you want to go out and find, especially in a place like LA County, where we are today, uh, you know, a three three hundred fifty thousand dollar home, you're you're pretty hard pressed. Uh, to find that, right? In fact, if you find one, we want you to, to kind of, you know, capture it so we can take it back to the lab and study it. But, um, you know, the, the point being that, that it's, it's very competitive for those first-time buyers because there isn't the supply out there. Um, there aren't the active listings out there for them to go out and submit offers on. And so for the listings that you do see in these lower price categories, fierce competition, right? Over half have 
uh, multiple offers, right? You have a bunch that are selling almost one out of three or right. selling over asking price. And so, uh, unfortunately, it's it's really just a, a tale of, of, of inventory constraints impeding home sales and making things more expensive for everyone. And as a result, you know, they're, they're flying off the shelves much more quickly than some of these higher priced homes. Well, absolutely. And on top of that, one thing that we forgot to mention is a lot of investors, they're actually buying at the same, in the same price segment as well. So investors, they have a little bit more money than first time buyers, so they have an advantage. And uh, usually a lot of times first time buyers got bid out. Bid out. Absolutely, you know, from, a, from the standpoint of um, rental property, right, folks are looking at the same exact trends play out on the rental side, right? The fact that we don't build enough means that not only home prices are going up, but also rents, right? And so from the standpoint of, of being a, a, an investor or a rental property owner, the outlook for rents continues to be positive, right? And so they're also in the mix kind of competing against those first time home buyers for those single family properties that they want to use uh, as rental units. And, and so you can see that um, we're actually driving folks out of coastal employment centers like this one, uh, primarily because the, the supply isn't out there and because people can't afford it. And because of that, we also, you know, because home prices have been driven up so high, you know, we just met, we mentioned about housing affordability, right. we mentioned about out migration. You know, the uh, first-time buyers ha actually have been having some tough time with housing affordability. If you take a look at the graph up there, you see that, you know, uh, a lot of people, 50, almost 50% 50 of the people said they are moving out because of housing affordability. That's a significant problem in the last three years. Yeah, and it's, it's obviously risen in, in tandem with uh, the rising prices, the erosion of housing affordability. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I think this is kind of a microcosm of what you're seeing in the state uh, as a whole where, you know, folks aren't moving out to um, San Bernardino or something because it's the most desirable area to live or even because there's so many jobs out there, right? They're going out um, because the median price of a home in San Bernardino County is less than half of what it is maybe closer to where you work, right? So nobody wants a, an hour and a half long commute. Um, nobody wants to you know, have to move away from family and friends from a preference standpoint, but I think this is a testament both to um, the desire for home ownership and the fact that affordability and inventory has really put that out of reach for many folks in these coastal employment centers. And, and it's true, I mean, nobody really wants to move if they, uh, to, if they want to stay in the area and, and affects, the effect is mainly on first-time buyers, as you can see on this chart, but there are other issues, there are other problems, you know, that uh, affect people moving to other places, but housing affordability is the foremost, the yep. most important reasons why first-time buyers are moving. Now, uh, let's, let's switch gear again a little bit, because we talk about buyers. I know this session is who's buying, but we, we have to talk about sellers. Right, because in some ways sellers are, are who's buying in a lot of cases, right? Because we don't have as many first-time home buyers, so you're really looking at folks who want to sell their home and jump into the market as a repeat buyer. That's where the bulk of your of your business is going to come from. Uh, and what you can see there is that you know, yes, the tailwind is that folks have accumulated uh, a lot of home equity during this cycle. So the net cash gain was uh, 200 grand. We haven't seen that in what like. 10, 15 years. Well, in the last three years, we have 200 grand, but you know, we haven't seen that for quite a while since you know last couple of years. I mean, look, when we see home prices increase by, I know this year it's about only three, four percent, but last year was seven or eight percent, let alone in the Bay Area was what, 15 percent or right. so. So sellers are enjoying it as long as you're not buying again. Yeah. But if you're buying, then of course you have to uh, put the down payment as well. Kind of a wash, yeah. 
um, and so many of those sellers, uh, even though they're enjoying it, they're they're keeping the money, but a lot of them uh, have to say, you know, sellers are typically a little bit older. Right. So you know, when they, even even when they have that capital gain, they may not necessarily move because of a couple of reasons. One is because they're a little older. Yeah. Um, when you're older, you don't necessarily move because you don't have to move for your kids. You don't have to really need a big house, but also you, the capital gain and the tax stuff that you mentioned earlier yeah. also kick in. So yeah, and I think that you know this is kind of where the crossover happens because uh, you know folks are actually staying in their homes longer and longer and longer, and I think this is a function of the fact that um, these supply issues kind of uh, affect every price category. So it's impacting the bottom end of the market the most, um, but low supply is low supply. And so even if I have a boatload of home equity accumulated in my current home, um, you know where am I going to move, right? And so some of these these issues are, are affecting people even if they've accumulated a lot of home equity and they don't want to um, you know, go and, and live in a condo. I think part of this is psychological. I joke all the time that you know, a lot of these boomers have saved up and bought these uh, single family homes. That was their American dream and they kind of achieved that through hard work and are in that dream home that they always wanted and now um, you know, in some ways they're, they're being told, look, you need to kind of move out of that house and go down to a condo. Don't you want to walk to Trader <laughs> Joe's and all that kind of stuff? Um, and they're saying, you know, this was my American dream. I worked hard for this. I achieved this. I like my neighbors. That's what my, my father-in-law always says. I'm like, hey, young family would love this house. And he's like, yeah, but I like my neighbors. Um, so I think that there's both these kind of structural economic issues that are keeping people in place. Um, even if I did want to move, where could I move to? There isn't a unit out there that I like, or if it is, um, you know, I got to put a couple million bucks into it. And I'm back to having a big mortgage payment um, and things like that. And so, actually, when you look at the numbers, I think we're basically at an all-time high, right? Right. For, um, the the length that people have lived in these homes. Yeah, average is about seven years. Long run average about seven years, but the uh, but the, uh, the the latest number is 11 years. Now, you mentioned about you know they have no way of moving. You know, I right. I mean, because of cost. But actually, Jordan, there is. Um, for many people, they actually plan to buy another house, right. but um, about 54% actually plan to buy another house, but you mentioned, you know, they move to other counties yeah. or maybe, uh, or maybe even another state. state, right? So, um, and you see that that, that out-migration is actually, um, here's them, you know, being willing to, to purchase another home and actually all these slides will be available on our website after the fact, so if you guys want to download these, you're more than welcome to. Um, but, you know, if you look, that there's uh, a lot of folks who are actually either moving to another county or out of state, right? And so um, if you break down these migration numbers, you see that the vast majority of folks who leave are either going to uh, Texas, Nevada, Arizona, right? And the, this is kind of that same trend that we talked about uh, on a more micro level at the, at the regional level where folks are moving from places like LA, Orange County, uh, into the Inland Empire, so too are folks leaving California altogether. And, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you know, they're not moving to Texas, Arizona, Nevada for their uh, you know, economies that are growing like gangbusters and everybody's making uh, money hand over fist. They're going out to markets like this because you can get a four-bedroom house for under $300,000, right? And so um, what's interesting is that, you, yes, you do see uh, you know, some seniors and retirees moving out of state to maybe no income tax states and things like that, but actually there was just as many millennials and Gen Xers that actually left California last year as baby boomers. And, and these are largely folks making under $100,000, folks who are really struggling 
uh, with housing costs. And unfortunately, if you look at which way uh, the trends are going, right, we're, we're at 30% now uh, for folks to actually move to another state compared to being down uh, in, in the kind of teens. Uh, back in 2009 when we were kind of at peak affordability. Yeah, it's the highest in, uh, since 2005. And, well, just remember, you know, we, we keep the conversation here. Don't encourage your sellers to move out of the state. And you're right, you know, a lot of people, because of technology, I think the technology and, uh, allows people to actually out-migrate because they could actually, for some people who work from um, a further, further distance, yep. they can work in Nevada or some other states uh, and still work and still earn a paycheck in California. Right. So I think this is good news. If you work in a market like the Inland Empire, like the East Bay, like Sacramento, I think you're going to see telecommuting uh, continue to improve, and that's going to make these more affordable housing markets, I think, uh, attractive from an investment standpoint, right? Home prices should grow as we continue to kind of force people out of these big employment centers in the markets that they can actually uh, afford. But it does mean that, uh, you know, that the environment is tough regardless of, of where you are. All right, well, let's, let's take the next three slides, actually, and talk about, you know, how, you know, what sellers and buyers want. Now that we know, you know, who the buyers are, the sellers are, uh, let's take a look at, you know, what they really want. I mean, uh, all their concerns. Right. You know, when you take a look at their concerns, you know, recently, you know, because home, home prices have gone up so much, but at the same time, for sellers, they're feeling a little bit of uh, uncertainty. Right. Market uncertainty, economic uncertainties, and you saw what I show, what we showed earlier, the sales price to list price ratio actually dropped a little bit. So the top concern that sellers have right now, uh, it's about price. Yeah, and, and this one hits close to home for me. I think you know, this is why, even though we really do have a tale of two markets where the bottom end is really inventory constraint and things are, are moving much more quickly as a seller, you still need to be cognizant of these trends, right? And, and I personally sold a home uh, a few years ago, and I think as an individual seller, um, it's easy to kind of look back at the last couple of years of price growth. You have these stories from your friends and relatives where they got multiple offers and you know over asking price and all these all cash offers. You're taking that and trying to extrapolate that out for your own home and, and thinking about how well you're going to do. In some ways, you've already got that money spent, right? You've got your eye on that boat or what have you. Um, but you're kind of not cognizant of, of some of these demand side trends and so uh -huh. uh, you tend to kind of overdo it on price and in some cases as you mentioned we're seeing some discounting and this creates uh, you know how should we say friction exactly. <laughs> in the relationship with your realtor right because uh, you know that's that's why it's so critical for you guys to be aware of these trends and to really uh, go into these transactions especially with your sellers uh, and make sure they have eyes wide open on the demand side, right? That affordability is such a challenge because if you're trying to apply the lessons of the last five years to your own house um, today, you might be a little bit disappointed. And I know, um, you know, even me who, who looks at the price stuff all the time, um, it's never a fun conversation when your realtor says, you know, look, I think we're too high and we need to back <laughs> down on price. And I'm like, what? There goes my booth. Um, you know, or, what, or whatever the, the case may be, but that's, you know, why it's critically important to be aware so that you can uh, have these homes priced correctly because affordability and inventory is such a, a challenge that it's really holding back the market. So if you're um, like me, trying to shoot the moon on price and get absolute top dollar and use the lessons uh, from your brother's house two years ago for your own house today, um, then you could end up with some, with some disappointment. That's bad for us as practitioners as well, right? We don't want our clients um, to be blaming us for things that are playing out in the market um, when we can kind of north win that by, by getting in front of that at the, at the front end and being realistic. Yeah, so price is a concern, selling quickly is a concern. Now, how can um, realtors help? We actually listed, 
you know, a slide here on how we can help. And this is, again, based on some of the survey statistics that we get. Yeah. And, of course, to help out you know, in uh, negotiating price is, a, is something that you know, we're expert on and realtors are expert on, but also in terms of sales. E in, the, in a market like what we're experiencing right now, that's actually very, very necessary you know, for realtors to help uh, sellers. Right. Not only on the buyer side, but also on the seller side as well. Um, price, terms of sales, uh, listing price, advice on how to sell, all those things are necessary for uh, realtors to help buyers and sellers. Right, and this is indicative of just this market shift that we're undergoing right now, right? We haven't had uh, to do a lot of negotiating on the sell side over the past five or six years, right? We've had multiple offers, you know, the, the biggest source of negotiation was like, which one of these great over asking price or all cash offers do we want to accept? Um, and now uh, we have to drum up a little bit more interest in these homes. We have to not only right price them, but be willing to uh, enter into negotiation. It might not necessarily mean dropping that listing price, mm -hmm. but it might mean uh, meeting folks halfway on closing costs or something like that. My buddy just sold a house uh, the other day and actually he is one of those folks who migrated out of state, but his buyers came in and, and offered the price that they wanted, but they said, we want you to pay our closing costs. And that was the first time I heard uh, in a while where buyers were actually placing demands <laughs> on sellers again, but he just didn't have this big queue of folks out there ready to step in and buy that house if these folks didn't. And so he ended up having to pay some of those uh, closing costs. But this is what I mean by just kind of being aware. These homes are still selling quick, not much discounting happening, but you have to be a lot more strategic um, as a realtor and for your clients today than we have had to uh, in many years. Exactly, exactly. I think we're running out of time though. I mean, we like to talk a lot more, um, and uh, we will have more discussions later on with another podcast, but I think we're running out of time. Um, anything else to you want to wrap up? Uh, no, I would, I would say wrap up? The, the moral of the story is, is that the market is challenging, but we're, we're actually less pessimistic today than we were at the end of last year. So if you go see Leslie Appleton Young's forecast speech tomorrow, um, which is always a super fun barn burner and probably more interesting um, than what we've gone through here today, she'll get into all the nitty gritty. But basically, um, these lower rates are helping. People still want to own homes, but they're facing a lot of challenges. And I think um, that's where you guys come in as the, as the experts and the real to really help them navigate these challenging environments. So, Absolutely. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to the Housing Matters podcast. It was a lot of fun to do it live. We hope to see you next time. And uh, until then, we'll leave it there. Absolutely. See ya. And make sure you tune in, tune in to our podcast on a regular basis. Thanks.